Hello, everyone in the, the online recording studio, and hello, everyone at home. This is Verified Podcast, running on a series of uh, sexuality and next culture um, spaces of discovery, of experimentation, and deepening the context of radical responsibility together. This podcast is hosted by me, Vera Luisa Franco, a possibility management trainer and coach. And it's a way that its purpose is to really um, bring possibility management to a wide audience and, and, and deepen doing one of my favorite things, which is to deepen the context with other creative geniuses. And, and so for everybody to know, there's, I do these calls, they're raw, they're unedited, uncut, and there's people here, live people in, in the Zoom call, and sometimes people send questions, and usually there's a theme that we go into, and sometimes there are also some practices or experiments that spontaneously are created in the moment, and we all do them together, and so welcome to the Verified Podcast and in two weeks, which will be in the 7th of June at 4 p.m. Portugal time will be the next recording. So you're invited to come. Just send me an email at veralfranco at gmail.com to attend and it's free. So welcome everyone. You can say your names if you want to, if you want to be known that you are in this call and it's okay if you don't want to. Thank you. The one of the things that I've been uh, thinking a lot and in exploring a lot in the realm of sexuality has been uh, because if we're going to next culture, we need to. It's it's kind of impossible to really create next culture without really looking at the the patriarchy, the the the. Um, the part that is the current mainstream modern culture in us. And so uh, I, I remember reading a book with, from Clinton Callahan called Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love, um, Creating Love That Lasts. And the book is kind of divided into two parts. And one is this ordinary, creating ordinary relationship. And then there's another chapter called Creating extraordinary relationship and I remember I had a boyfriend that time at that time and I was in a lab and I looked at the index and it's a huge it's, it's a fairly big tome of a book I remember looking oh I want to create extraordinary I'm I'm definitely going to open the book on the extraordinary relationships and start reading and of course Clinton is already predicts that this is going to happen. So one of the first paragraphs that he says is, if you're trying to open the book on the, on the part of creating extraordinary relationships, just stop. Because how long have you been trying to create extraordinary relationships and, you, and you're not able to? So you're not able to because you haven't recognized the bits of modern culture that you are still creating unconsciously. And so... I highly recommend just go back to the start and, and go through the painful, long, and, and also relieving journey of seeing, ah, this is 
this is what I've been doing. This is how I've been doing it. And this is how I can change it. And so I want to bring this first is how is patriarchy, even in, even in, so even in people who are in the path of consciousness or in the path of, of self-development, uh, even in people who are living together in conscious communities, how is still patriarchy being expressed in the realm of sexuality? Does anyone want to say anything about that? I want to, I want to give you guys space first. And you don't have to say her name. Yes, yes. Cool. Well, I am Yordis. <laughs> Some people know me. I'm, I'm quite a while also in the PM context. Um, for me, patriarchy and sexuality um, works through the old mechanism, which work not only in sexuality. They work because they are still just in me. That's exactly what you said, these bits of old modern culture. <clears throat> old modern culture, I love this. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so the same mechanism, hmm? yeah, the same mechanism work also with my sexuality, definitely. And this is, um, in my case, in the moment where it begins to be unsafe that my, it's my child ego, which cannot deal with fear. And if I'm not quick enough to be aware of my adult ego to say my child listen it's not your job to do anything that's my job and you can calm down then my child ego will instantly start the old mechanisms together with the other parts like gremlin or whatever and um then my first reaction is to become a little girl a nice little girl and this is the same happening also in sexuality. And if it's not necessary that it is really my, my partner with whom I, I share my sexuality, my physical sexuality, that's the same thing also with other people when I can, when I can do it. And I don't know whether it's so much sexual energy in it, but it is still the, the, the relating between men and women and woman that I that I myself activate this old mechanism. Yes, this is one way it works. Which yes. doesn't mean that it is working always on and on, but I am aware of this mechanism and I can, can discover this mechanism often enough. And this is how patriarchy is still working for me. Yeah. yeah, I can really relate to that. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up in old school in modern culture and, and it's deeply ingrained in me uh, to be the pleaser as a female. And when I 
attempt to get out of that role and speak from my adult, I find that men are, are also deeply rooted of my age group are deeply rooted in modern culture. And it's very difficult to um, escape modern culture and sexuality. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what else to say about that, except that I think, it, you know, if I were to take radical responsibility around that is that my communication skills, that I am improving my communication skills in this arena. And, you know, way back in the day when I first started sexuality, I didn't have that. I wasn't able to communicate around, um, around sexuality. It was very uncomfortable and kind of forbidden in my family growing up. So not forbidden, but it just wasn't addressed, uh, which was ironic because my mother was a health teacher, <laughs> but my father was so strong. It was his influence. Yeah. So my mom did talk about that stuff in her classes, but not with us. Yes, Vera. So I want to say two things. One is that, um, Thank you both, um, both Yurtis and can I, can I call you? Yeah. Your name? yeah. And thank you, Phyllis. Well, I, I want to say that both you, you know, Phyllis and, and Yurtis, you're both in possibility management for a really long time, for quite a few years. And I just want to say that Yurtis is also possibility management trainer in uh, mainly Switzerland. Yes. Is it still in Switzerland? Yeah. Yes. And so... Yeah. And, and developing and deepening, uh, and, and, and Phyllis in the United States, developing, deepening um, their lives in this, through this context that we're talking about, this context of radical responsibility. So in, in the context of radical responsibility, there is no victims. There is no, um, or, or, or there's, that's where we are, practicing coming from basically because from victims there is no possible empowerment because a victim is like like you said uh phyllis is you adapt you know you're giving your power your center away to someone else so then they need to change in order for my life to change so the power lies completely externalized in another person and 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 both of you brought something is so fundamental which is the patterns that we've developed unconsciously developed as a child to relate, to deal with unknown, for example, to deal with power dynamics, to deal with communication. If the, someone does not, uh, if, if one does not pay attention, if I don't pay attention that, that I've developed these patterns, these are the things, these are actually the, the modus operandi that is going to be relating instead of me instead of this alive creative part of me basically which is what most people um what most people do they they relate from this part these mechanistic parts these survival survival parts and so in in patriarchy one of the one of the main things that you both addressed is the child is this this 
giving your power away to someone else, adapting as a form of survival. And mainly for women, this is exactly, you know, like the, the, the over-sexualization of children or the, 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 the way that I look at the, I don't know, I, I look at magazines and adverts and this, this obsession with youth and to stay young and, and to stay also child, childlike as it's actually one of the designs of patriarchy for women, for women, where if, if a woman, if a woman is, is a woman is a desirable in patriarchy when they're powerless or when they're fawning, fawning is when they're giving their center away, giving their authority away, or when they're unsure, you know, and, and I'm, I'm saying this because a lot of the bad reputation, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that all women who are feminists and they fight for feminism are in this category, but a lot of the bad reputation that a lot of feminists get is that when they, when they start speaking out, when they start speaking out, they, and when they start, you know, in a, taking a stand, uh, speaking in, in businesses, business meetings, a lot of the, and I got that when I started developing to become a trainer, I got my sword back. I was, I was clear. I was holding space. I was, I was holding a very, very clear and sharp space. And a lot of people told me as they told these women, you're not feminine. You need to develop your femininity. You need to develop your softness, your femininity, because in their minds, femininity means softness. And then, and then I got me thinking, so then masculinity means hardness or something, you know, by, by inference. And it, it, what got me thinking was something that you mentioned, Yurdis, was the femininity that they think is feminine is actually child ego state. Yes. It is completely not femininity. It's child ego state. So then it makes, in a way, it makes total sense that the patriarchal man does not want to have any femininity because it's being a child, female child. It's, you know, this, this, the, the men who um, don't want to, gosh, the men do not want to be, to, to be connected to these, uh, affection to this to these expressions of affection that is that is an unconscious woman uninitiated woman which is totally inappropriate and so most people don't even have a, a clear experience or, or or clarity about what is femininity and what is clarity and also what is masculinity hmm. uh, you're just, you're like dying to say something i think i'm dying to say that because yeah. um this is only one part of the modern man we have in patriarchy. There is the other men who are in the anti-patriarchy. I, I call it now the, uh, uh, like that. That's not an official name, but it's a kind of anti-patriarchy. Oh, say it, please. Anti-patriarchy. Anti-patriarchy. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Because... They want not to be like that. And they don't 
dare to be like that. And they completely cut themselves off of any power. So they don't dare to say what they want. They don't dare to, to be a man-man. And they don't know what to be else. Yes. Because they only know the man they don't want to be. Mm -hmm. And those men often really lengthen for strong women. But what they really lengthen for is, in a way, the mother who takes care for them. And the, the woman who says, we do it like that, and I decide this, and I decide that. This was the mother in former, former times when they were little boys. Mm -hmm. So we have, we have these two parts in our society, the one who do the patriarchy in old fashion, and the one who do the patriarchy in the new, in the new way, it, so to say, in the, in the anti way. Mm -hmm. And still we deal with patriarchy. We, we don't come to a new culture. We fight either, we fight the old culture. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yes. The, the sound, my sound to you, Yurdis, is blocking. Would you say it again, this, this last part? Oh. We are stuck with either fighting each against each other in the old way of fight in the weak man with a strong woman. And this is stuck. We are still fighting in the old culture. This is not the way out. The way out is only through yeah. So where where are you back again? Yes. Can you hear me? Yurdis, could you say? Yurdis, could you say I, yeah, there was a word you. that missed? So, and that's the yes. same thing. What happens in sexuality and um, when we come close to each other physically? Yes. Yes. This is what I get to say. That's how we are stuck. Yes. So what I got is is exactly this the you know, one, because the, the biggest, one of the biggest designs of and purposes of modern culture is that um, modern culture, oh gosh, did you hear me? Yes, we hear you. Yeah. Okay. Is that modern culture uh, is designed to keep people from growing up, from really growing up. And from, you know, when I say growing up here is to be capacitated to take responsibility, to take responsibility for things, to take responsibility for their own personal, personal messes, for negotiating intimacy, for a job, but also taking responsibility for the whole, you know, even, <laughs> even like for the environment around, for, for having a, even, you know, modern culture does not capacitate people to have consciousness of place of planet of, eco of ecology because by keeping people in a child ego state meaning i make a mess someone else cleans it up which is you know all this corporativism capitalism um, society it, by keeping people completely in child ego state 
they cannot, it's like they, they have not developed the capacity to, to look at, at the world as I'm a creator of the world around me. And so the way that they will relate to each other sexually and, and is, is going to be from wanting to attract the, like, for example, men being attracted to women, that is their mom, that is a complete either projection or, or someone that matches the energy and the, the patterns, the, the, the underworld, the, the, the survival strategies of their own mom. And the same for women, women looking for men who, with whom they can be their daughter, unconsciously be their daughter. And, you know, this, this has been, I think, documented for a long time in psychology, but this, the, the path that is different, that is not discussed in, in psychology, I think, is uh, the path of initiation, the path of initiation that is not just about my own healing as uh, I should not look for a man that is my dad or gosh, you know, what will I do if, when I realize that I just married my, my father or just married my mother, I'm going to heal my part, like my, my different parts. No, it's, it's okay. It's about, it's about not just having a good life, adult life, possibility management in this, in this case of radical responsibility, in this context of radical responsibility asks a more dangerous question is what, what do you leave, live your life for? And this is also missing in, in relationships. This is also missing in sexuality. And, and when I started doing this podcast, one of the biggest, well, one of the coolest questions actually that I was asked is why sexuality? Like, what is it about sexuality that deserves, like that, you know, okay, it's a taboo and it's part of modern culture, but so what, you know, so what sexuality? And, and it seems that most of the sexuality realms that I've been a part of with Tantra and, you know, sexuality camps and conscious sexuality, it is all for like expression to relate to, you know, to, um, what is it to unfold something that is locked, you know, to heal something that is wounded. And it's a, like a healing, pro it's a healing path. But what the, the, the question that I don't see a lot of people making is what could be archetypal? Like what could be really archetypal about sexuality? How can you, what do you want to do your sexuality for? And and also, I mean, when I ask myself this question about what, why do I want to relate to people for? And when I was a kid, I used to, I used to, to bounce around with this question because I thought, gosh, I'm, I have this consumeristic or, or, you know, I'm her friend because they have the same tastes as me, or I'm connected to this person because they really have this knowledge about that and I I want to have knowledge about it until I started to realize that every social connection that I had ha had a kind of a kind of purpose of it was calculated it was really calculated like it, it had a purpose of either me getting to climb some kind of knowledge or be safe in some kind of area and so my sexuality was basically to maintain you know, like with the men that I was with, it was 
maintaining whatever purpose in my life I had. You know, if my purpose was to be happy or my purpose was to, to do better at this, then, then my, my relationships would match this, this purpose. But what, what if... What if we, I'm putting the question very loud, like a very, in a very high, high purpose or a meta level, which is why do you relate? Why do you want to have sexuality for? Yeah. So you're saying, what's the purpose yeah. behind it? Yeah. What is the purpose of sexuality? You know, besides um, procreation and um, yeah. I just started when you put this questions in the, in the, um, in the ear, what could be the archetypal in the, in sexuality and what is it for, or what do I use it for? Mm -hmm. And this is a, a In this field, I am now actually exactly with this question, but I wasn't so conscious about it. Uh, but nevertheless, yes. Um, it definitely is more than only the physical need, like we are animals and animals cuddle. And, um, and I am, by the way, out of, um, getting more children. So I have menopause behind me. Mm. So also this biological thing is not working anymore in myself. So it is really purely this question. And what I discover, and certainly really completely free from this question, having any more children, um, what I discover is in a way, a new world, which wasn't accessible for me with my former husband, which is now accessible with a partner who is also questioning questions like this mm -hmm. and really discovering himself. And we are discovering ourselves together when we share. So it is a new field of relating to each other and by that healing, and healing in a, in a way so, how can I say, it's so broad. So it is influencing almost every, every relationship I have all around, like my relationship to my former husband, my relationship to my sons, my relationship even to men in, in my office. In a way, in, in, in this way of, of, an, of a new sexuality I have with, with my partner where I really learned that I am an adult woman who says what she wants and what she does not want mm -hmm. and who is hurt. So it is even kind of even so the word doesn't really sound well in this context, but I, I name it, it is a training. Mm -hmm. It is an ongoing exercise 
every time we are together, we exercise being men and women in an adult way, doing us, doing us good and asking for good and healing by that. And somehow I am a different woman or I became a different woman also, not only, not only through sexuality, but it was, or it is a huge part for me. Mm -hmm. So it might, it might sound silly, but I, I like to share it here. I always am seen as a well-looking woman with a fantastic top um, body. And I was seen as that my whole life. And my whole life, I never could think, think of myself as a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. And so this one morning, and it's maybe one and a half or two years ago, I am getting out of my shower, standing in front of the mirror, seeing in, in me, myself in full length naked. And suddenly it fell down in myself. I am a beautiful woman. And seeing myself as that, that was really one of the healing things for me through, through sexuality. Mm -hmm. With sexuality, with a partner in relating as adult humans. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I'm totally grateful for that healing part. Thank you, Yurdis. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This this thing that you brought up is amazing because there's gosh so much that I want to like have already three new episodes just about like these three things. But one of them is that you mentioned is adult woman, you know, being an adult woman instead of a, an uninitiated child girl, basically, you know, child girl is is what you were saying, Phyllis, that you grew up with, you know, not, not even being able to say what you want. One of the, the, so I have a cousin in the United States uh, that she, she's, so I was born in, in Portugal and I have two cousins that were born in the U S and we're the same age. And we, we are friends. We get, a, we, every, every few years we get together and every couple of months we talk on the phone and some of the sometimes we go out and see how our upbringing was similar in the kind of you know because both our parents are Portuguese have this Portuguese box European box but then there was a huge change because she was born in the U.S. and one of the things that she she does say is that most women in in the U.S. in that my generation and I'm 38 right now, is that it was not okay to say what you want. It was such a big taboo. And, and I, I got this co confirmed as well with some guy friends that are also my age, when they went travel and got out of the United States, they were so excited and surprised that women in other countries, some women in some other countries would say what they wanted. And so some parts are, are cultural, yes, some, because, and I was thinking it's not because of, of church, because, you know, Portugal was a, is a kind of a Catholic country, but it, it, I think a lot of, there's a lot of, um, 
you know, in, 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 in Europe, there's things are very much rule-based, it seems, you know, it's like this, this kind of regions that it's like rules and rules and rules. And, and uh, countries like in, in the Americas, North America, it seems that there's a lot of, I mean, there's still rules, but that there's a different, I've always thought that there was a different kind of creativity, that there was more like nonlinearity uh, rules, uh, things are more self-made than this kind of like hyper bureaucratic um, nature of Europe. And I was so, so surprised to know that women in the US had just like the, the Europe just had given their authority away to, I don't know, to their dads or to the system and to their teachers and did not, could not say what they wanted. And so the path of like part of the path of initiation, and I'm talking about mostly women because the, the most verbal people in this call right now are women. And I want to also ask, because we have a man here in the studio, I'm going to call it studio because it's cooler, um, uh, about this giving authority away. Uh, so the path of, of growing up has to be, has to come to saying what you want and saying no and saying yes, you know, being able not to just to say no, I don't want this. So I don't want anything. I'm too scared. Uh, so I, I don't want anything. I think that's a, a healing, a healing path. You know, when, when someone's saying, I, I'm not sure, then it's a no. Okay, great. So then you have, you have power, you have gained, cultivated enough, enough authority in yourself to be able to say no. But when are you going to say maybe one of the most scary things to say, which is yes, Yes, I will do this. Yes, I will try this. Yes, you can touch me there. Yes, I will go into this unknown with you. And so saying what you want and saying what you don't want is absolutely, I mean, for, for all genders, like, but really part of, of only becoming adult, of becoming adult. And then there's, there's more. It doesn't, and doesn't end with adults. And, you know, when you said you're this, and I, I hear you, I, I see you, Phyllis, I think you want to say something. When I see you, um, you're just saying, I, you know, we are in an ongoing path of creation of how to be a man and relating to a woman. I sometimes think, gosh, I don't think you're a woman, you're this. I think you're so much more like I, you know, you are actually connected to all these archetypal uh, forces. And I think woman is kind of like well, trying to put that in a kind of like a small bottle, like a genie in a bottle, you know, and, and what would it be like if, if you relate as, a, as this archetypal feminine, there's like a gateway, that's a doorway, a portal, what would sexuality be like? So I just wanted to put this in the space before well, that's exactly what i meant it is really going into every part of life mm. and it changed for me it changed so much but sorry for this i don't want to i want to give well you there's another there's another piece to this and that's that in my experience even when i do ask for what i want it's it's really more about what the man wants in, in my, and this is my generation too. So, um, and, and I could get better 
at saying what I want and saying it and being clear and also not accepting if I don't get it and, you know, stopping and saying, you know, let's, let's do something else. And I, I don't do that. But when I do say what I want, even when a man will ask me, it's, um, it's very, uh, let's see, there's not a lot of care or love put into it. It's just an action. And then it's going back to what the man wants. And so the patriarchy, for me, my experience is that the patriarchy is so strong that I have to get, I really have to get stronger. It's, it's, it's causing me to have to get um, clearer and stronger about how I'm gonna navigate that part of my life. Hmm. Yeah. I hear you. One, one, go ahead. I, I, I want to step into the space and um, and see what wants to come through. I I have no specific things that I want to say. Yet I, I have a sense that something wants to be said. And I I want to reflect on a few things that were mentioned so far. And um, and what it's like to be a man in patriarchy. I want to touch on that first, and then I want to also share about different layers of sexuality and the purpose. I also that question there that you posed around the purpose. Like what's the purpose? I haven't actually asked myself, so it came as a surprise. So it's a it's a it's a fun and deep exploration. To, to dive into this. So first, I, would, I wanted to mention is uh, being me as a man in patriarchy, as when I started to unfold it, um, first arrived with a sense of confusion, with the sense of, could it really be this way? Could it really be the man's world as, as as it's been described, and I'm just not seeing it because I am the you know the, the man fish in the, in the water of patriarchy. So I'm not seeing because I'm swimming in it. So it's not a it's not a quote unquote problem for me to uh, that it's it's a patriarchal world. And um, when I heard the the first hand. Uh, stories and encounters of what it's like to be a woman in the patriarchal patriarchal world. I, I started to have this sense of like, oh my god, just like what Yordas was referring to, is like I don't want to play any part in this. Like I don't, like just by me being a man, I sort of started to get this sense of like I am this walking, talking perpetrator machine. I am this violator i am this some sort of aggressor that by being who i am and 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 touching the people around me i'm somehow destroying everything or something like that so so there was this sense of horror of like i just want to stop like i i i don't want to play any part in that and the 
the drawback, the blowback of that was this sense of helplessness and hopelessness. And like, I'm just, I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to be this quiet, meek being that doesn't hurt anyone. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just move through the world and not hurt anyone. And like, ah, what a relief to know that, that I am no longer an aggressor and a, and a perpetrator and a uh, some sort of destroyer. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, um, so I would say there was a period of that when when I kind of took my hands off and like floated about and um, while it came with a sense of relief it also came with a sense of why am I living why am I even trying to live this way because that's that's not life it's like um, it's it's just kind of observation of what's what's happening and zero contribution um can i ask you a question sky yes um has that changed this meek thing has that changed yes it has changed in a big way and um it's sort of in this movement of oscillation it's it, it has come back with force um and when I say it, I mean the sense of, okay, this is how I am. I am a man. I am, I am many things. I am the strength. I am the space. I am the container. I am the mover. I am the carrier. I am the um, um, achiever. I am like so many things. So that, that came back with strengths and with with force. Yes. And and when was the, what was the thing? Like, what, what, how did it came? Like, how did you went from, Oh, I cannot participate in the world because I don't want to be an asshole, a patriarchal asshole to this. Okay. I, I'm a creator and I can use my powers to create something strongly and in, in what I see with regaining the feeling of anger and rediscovering or maybe discovering actually for the first time the ability to change my shape and create boundaries with that the sense of aliveness arrived and the sense of okay I am taking my space there's no other way of being for me but by taking the space and declaring with clarity for myself what I want and encouraging everyone around me to declare what they want. And from that, arriving at alignments or arriving at no's. So for me, there was this, all of this has started to arrive with force in, in my um, current relationship with the partner where so so much pain has been created that had to do with different desires and different perceptions and different expectations of each other. Mm-hmm. So allowing to feel the anger and allowing that to start 
to boil up and be expressed because mm-hmm. part of what was happening previously had to do with, well, it's not okay to be angry and it's not okay to be angry uh, and express it because yeah. that's not what civilized people do, which is also part of the patriarchal um, energy of control. It's like, okay, as a civilized being, you communicate in a neutral, uh, not a way and feelings have no place here. Yeah. Feelings is, is, is in the realm of mostly these emotional beings or uh, cold women or men who cannot control themselves. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the layers that, that I clearly perceived what patriarchy is. Uh, had. So to answer your question without any further unfoldment, all of this for me personally started to arrive with clarity that not only it is okay to express anger, but it's so useful to my life to, to have that energy arriving yeah. to serve that which I want to create in this world. Thank you. Thank you, Sky. You know, I'm just going to say also for all the listeners that what this process is of regaining anger as a, as one of the main fuels, basically main fuels of life. There's, there's more than not, not just anger is you can do it in expand the box trainings, and also in rage clubs with something called rage clubs, which are really clear, safe spaces to, to learn how to feel anger, to learn how to feel anger and to really see it as just simple fuel and very powerful fuel to, to act, to say no, to make boundaries uh, and, and to bring your aliveness back with responsibility. And so, and this is just one of the four main fuels, emotional fuels that you have. There's also fear, you know, so there's also fear clubs, uh, sadness and joy. So in, in expand the box trainings and labs, possibility labs, you get to learn how to be with these amazing resources that are part of you having a body. You know, you, most people spend their lives, uh, trying to live as if they don't, you know, without like, as if they cannot use the left arm, but, but instead of using, instead of being the physical arm, it's they try to live without feeling anger or try to live without experiencing fear or experiencing sadness and, and sometimes joy. And so this is, instead of living crippled from something that is part of you, you can learn how to use it and learn how to deal with it responsibly and, and use it to create your life, to create ongoingly and create the relationships and projects that you want. So thank you. Thank you, Sky. This, this um, thing, you know, like I am the, uh, this aggressor, this walking perpetrator machine, you know, I think a lot of like you're just said, a lot of men, especially young men uh, have this fear, you know, and also a lot of um, these men have these fear because their mothers had this, like, I know a lot of men who have, you know, who, whose parents went through divorce 
and they were raised by their moms, mothers a lot of the time. And they grew up with this constant, don't be a patriarchal asshole. Don't do this. Don't treat women like that. Or, or even like men are all the same or men are pigs or, and I'm not saying that everybody, uh, every man that has this has, has grown up with this kind of environment, but there's this also the role of women, also the role of women who brought up patriarchal men and patriarchal women. And so, and this is this, this, Mm, I think I want to also do um, one episode more just on this, but that there's the responsibility that women have in continuing the patriarchy because they are, mm, because they do not initiate themselves as adult women. And so they, like we come back to the beginning of this call, they, they try to fast forward to the book without acknowledging with trying to create a new thing without acknowledging all the ways that they themselves are limited or they themselves are in patriarchy. And so this, there's a huge responsibility that women have and that I don't think is so talked about, um, particularly in, in feminist women circles, which is, okay, it is patriarchal women who raised patriarchal men and patriarchal women who raised patriarchal women too. Because it was my, you know, like my mom unconsciously taught me to, to not speak back or to, to have smart questions or, or to look of a certain way, you know, like to sit in a certain way to cross my legs because that, that's what she learned. And so this is not bad. I'm just, I'm not saying that my mom is bad or women are bad that do that. It's, it's the role if women... So the role of women in perpetuating patriarchy, if they do not, if they do not look at the patterns in which they're so ingrained, in which they they too completely create patriarchy, and one of them is through sexuality and sexual energy, then they are continuing this process. They are continuing, and 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 for me, it's one of these. I, I have actually quite a bit of anger about it because it's on one side. I see a lot of women going like, "Yeah, patriarchy is bad. Let's fight the patriarchy on one side, and then let's keep patriarchy going." And and I think women have the power. You know, if if all women this just this, like really decided, I'm not. I'm going to use all this and create something completely different. I'm going to, you know, and Chloe had an amazing work talk uh, a couple of months ago. And she said, if all women just decided to, you know, to say to their partners, you know, leave, leave your corporate job that is crushing your soul. I will not be with you unless your, your work is for something different. It's is to, to heal Gaia instead of killing Gaia, because if you kill Gaia, you're killing me too. And actually you're killing yourself as well. If women could also, you know, to, could all take personal defense classes so that they walk in the streets and, and the men would be scared. The men would be scared of touching them without permission. If all men in this planet were scared that women would hurt them physically. If they were abusive, there would be no more rape. There would be no more rape. If, if women could take a stand 
in, instead of, because I, I, I used to have this, this, I cannot hurt. I cannot physically hurt another person. It is so not okay. My good girl box is so not okay. There's no violence. I grew up in the whole, like saying no to violence. And then, then what do I do if a person is, you know, knocking my door down and I'm alone in an apartment and, and I call the police and the police isn't coming, you know, and, and this happened to me. And I was like, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to grab the stick and I'm going to, if something happens, I'm going to hit them. And the guy didn't move. You know, it was like just banging and banging until like three or four in the morning. And I, I made this decision. I was, I was holding the stick and I said, okay, if I, if I open the store, I, I have to be able to go out and, 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 and do what I say I'm going to do. Because if I hesitate, that might be even more dangerous for me. And so, gosh, and when I told this to my partner at the time, he, he was really shocked. He was like, I cannot believe that you were going to use violence. You know, this is so not okay with me. Um, and he kept some distance. It was like a huge thing for me because he was, he was so not okay with this kind of use of violence that he, that it, it created distance, uh, a huge distance between us. And, and since then, it's, it's like, that's also part of the patriarchy. That's also part of the programming of patriarchy. It's like the man saying, how, how can you hurt another man? And it's like, no, I need to take care of myself. Men can do what they do. And we, they have done for, for centuries because they have more physical strength. But if I learn to leverage my strength and be on an equal level, then I can take care of myself. And so, gosh, and I told him, like, I want all men to be scared. I want all men to be scared. So scared that they, as, just as scared as they are of groping another man in the street. Because men are scared of that. There's, there's loads of videos. And so, there's, there's so much responsibility and so much power that women have of not creating patriarchy and creating something completely different. I think you're it is. And also, um, Phyllis, you had something, I think you had something to say, but I, I saw you're it is more itching. Yeah. Um, I feel at this point where you just are now a little sadness because this scare or this fear you talk of is the fear of the old culture which we know, the fear which we want to avoid, the fear which is not okay. And exactly the fear is the one feeling I really need to relate to a man. So I need my fear, even if I have it from my old patterns, mm. I need the same amount of the energy of the fear in order to relate in a next culture way or in a new way as an adult woman where I do not function 
with my patterns of what I already know and what I already learned my 50 years long and where I really act in full, in full responsibility and in the full here and now of the very moment. So yeah, the fear is, I agree totally, the fear is totally necessary and I feel a little sadness if it is only and it stays only or would stay only in the old way and the old way of how we feel fear, the avoiding part. Yeah. And, and the fear is actually really the feeling which fuels we, me or which, which um, somehow on which or with which I can fly almost into this question, what is really the purpose between sexual, uh, in the contact of men and, and women? Is it sexual or is it not sexual? And, and there it really starts to, to become archetypal also. Mm-hmm. So what is really the purpose of, of this kind of exchange? And there I definitely need the fear because I don't know it before. How could I know it? And it might be interesting even to open the door to such a man who is knocking at the door and with your sword or whatever you have to ask him, why are you knocking on my door? What do you need? Mm -hmm. And it might lead into something completely new and by listening to Sky and listening to you, I discover healing or the need of healing. Yeah. So I, with Sky, I really heard a lot of healing, what happened through, starting through discovering, oh, what, what, what is happening here? And then discovering, no, 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 never, I want to be like that. And then continuing the way and saying, okay, how can I really use myself or be in use? This is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. Or serve, the, the correct word is serve. Mm-hmm. How really can I serve myself and my community? Being a man and looking for all the ways and doing all the processes through initiation and um, clearing up how do I feel and allowing myself how do I feel and all those steps. So yeah, I'm, I'm really getting very alive with this, um, with this um, part of the purpose of also sexuality. That, there, that it really serves healing mm. or it can serve healing in next culture mm-hmm. or with, with um, in next culture, it sounds silly. It's, uh, this is not what I mean. It, I would say even in someone's life. In yeah, in, in your, in your, 
authentic or integrity live with integrity lived life mm -hmm. with full responsibility it has totally the potential to heal both the man and the woman mm -hmm. and what it i just well i could talk more to it but i would first i have more points and i wrote them down not to get them yeah. <laughs> well can you say some a little bit more of the like some what are those points um phyllis can you keep your what you want to say or i i, no, yeah, I feel, fear that i cut your words and i'm no. so totally, totally curious what you want to say because it's so so important to me and so um fruitful yeah so what yes. I, what i saw or what i just what came to me by listening and discovering what you all said is that this healing happens by me as an adult woman inviting the man in into my space mm -hmm. and what did i write here and celebrating and exchanging our energy or love or whatever you want to say, however you want to name it, but really exchanging and celebrating it. And by that building also kind of a common space, which is lasting from the very moment to the next very moment and to the next very moment. Mm. And um, here I need you, Sky, but my assumption or my vision is what it could be as a man is the healing, for me, it is really healing, totally healing, consciously to invite, to invite a man into my space. Mm -hmm. And and or my partner into my space mm -hmm. and i see it at least with my partner and maybe sky can add something that being invited as an adult man into the space or from from an adult woman to celebrate and exchange love and energy and ideas and creativity and da, 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 all the life might be so healing. Mm. So there is nothing to achieve or nothing to, um, to run for, nothing, no aim, no, no, um no hunting no hunting for anything it's just being in the very moment exchanging what is there and celebrating it this is for me well i just discovered it maybe i i think a little bit more but this is my arbeitshypothese my working hypothesis <laughs> yes yeah it is just what i discovered now. yeah i mean this is 
I'm, I'm bookmarking it for maybe even next call this, this no hunting, no trying, even for both, for, for all, you know, for all parts. Because so much of modern culture sex is about getting to whatever, to orgasm or, or getting to have the number of this woman or, or getting a ring on the finger, like this so kind of goal oriented and what other spaces can be created when there's none of that. And I don't know if Sky, you wanted to say that, but I also have, and I also have one, one distinction just to, to bring to the space uh, before, before you guys speak, which is, and it also picks up on something that Phyllis had said, where, um, where it's, it's still, the still what the man, especially from that generation, still like what the man wants, and and, and being you know, as well as being with another person, they also need to want what you want for some something to be created in that space, and and this distinction is more this this what you identify with is what you create with. So if, if, if I identify myself as, uh, oh, as, as someone who's hunting, then that's what I'm going to create. I'm going to create hunt. If I'm identifying as this aggressor, this walking perpetrator machine, then I'm going to create with that from that perspective. That's my point of origin. And, and I remember even like last year, I was actually at Phyllis's house and we spent a week together. And one of the things, one of the, and I think one of the coolest uh, experiments that just, I can like, that we came up with. And, and, and I also want to, to bring it to everyone who's listening is to, uh, if you're really wanting to like end patriarchy, put all of your all of your attention in creating something else and 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 don't even almost like don't even speak about patriarchy anymore you know like don't and this was it became i don't know where but i remember in the, even in the first lab that i had or the first extend the box that i had and i had this process about my dad and i went through this emotional healing process and i i said all these things about i grew up like this and like that and then at the end clinton said okay it's complete from now on, there's no more talking shit about this because you have responsibility. You know, like it's over. You know, if you're still getting hooked and if you're still giving a little, oh, but patriarchy is bad, then you're you're still wanting to create it because you're still wanting to hook victim victim. You're, you know, you're still wanting to be a hostage of that thing. And so this was a great, you know what you identify is what you create with, but the opposite works the same. What you create with is what you identify with. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if the, there's, if someone, if I'm um, relating to my partner, even in sexuality and I'm seeing the results and it's like this, it's not working. It's what they want. I don't want, and it's Okay then who am I identifying with? Am I identifying with a woman that needs to be waited on? Am I being identified as, as the man who's the perpetrator? Or am I identified as the wounded girl? Okay, because if I'm identified right now with a wounded girl, then I'm gonna have sexuality as a wounded girl. 
And I'm not saying this so that people can just go like, okay, uh, I'm the superwoman, or, or, or pretend that they're not wounded or that they don't have emotions. But it's if you bring consciousness to the identity that you're using, instead of you know, instead of seeing that there's actually different parts, different parts of you, and maybe this child is activated, or maybe this revenge is activated, but you are bigger than that. And you can find other spaces in you from which to relate and to, to be in sexuality with, then you can create other things. And so that's what I wanted to say. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's exactly the way you create. And you create it every moment new and new and new and again. I appreciate the reminder about speaking about the patriarchy is creating it, is, is still staying in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and there is a medical I, term to that. There is a medical term to that. What is that? It's sinistrosis prophylaxis. Or sinistrosis is the, Ill, the, the, the illness. Mm -hmm. And this means exactly that keeping, talking of the illness, even if it is gone. Mm -hmm. Keeping it alive in the memory, right? Keeping it alive in your bodies energetically and then it, it 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 is no wonder that it comes back yeah and sinistrosis prophylaxis means to stop talking of that so even if you talk of what was it was back far back in the in the um in the past mm -hmm. yeah and and that's and then from there on you really turn around and talk into the future yeah. standing in the present so this is sinistrosis prophylaxis yeah this is a medical term to it so in possibility management when there's a client in an emotional healing process that is like not letting go of what of a process or it keeps on coming back something it keeps on holding on usually we say that there's there's a there's there's a benefit yes. and if there's a benefit usually there's a gremlin there's a gremlin um benefit to keep that old story alive sinistrosis prophylaxis thank you Jürgens. but we interrupted you uh phyllis well no, no, this continue with this conversation. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Well, we're also, we will continue this conversation in, in about two weeks because, you know, it's, uh, we're coming, I think we just opened this amazing, uh, so many, I, I love these kind of conversations because they really open a lot of, there's just, just a lot of branches and, and, that's that's what I want to keep going and keep opening branches, keep exploring, going back to one, going back to another, and deepening because these are impossible questions. Like, what is the purpose of sexuality, or you know, how how would the world be if um, there would be adult initiated adult women taking a stand for sexuality in a way that not only 
benefits um, female anatomy, but also benefit the world. You know, if, if it benefited life on the planet, what would it look like? I mean, I I want to I want to keep asking these questions. And so, if if you're up for doing an experiment, this is the at the end of the sessions. I always usually give an experiment for people to do at home. And so this, the experiment that I would propose is to, to check what you are identifying with when you are relating to your partner, when you're relating to yourself, even with sexuality, it could be um, sexual contact, physical contact, or sexual energy. What is the thing that you're identifying? And so if you're identifying with a small wounded person, then check out consciously what you're created. But even for you, you're this how big can you go? You know, how big can you go in your identity? Then it's not limited by even woman. You know, what, what would be if the bright principle of, I don't know, um, healing. healing is, is, is being in sexual contact with the bright principle of possibility. I, I don't know. And so, and, and what would that create in the world? And yeah. And I have this kind of just hint of Sky. Do you want to say anything before you go? Because your name was mentioned a couple of times. Do, do you have anything about any of this? Yes. Yes. Um, as I was listening to the sharings and um, also contemplating the question of what is the purpose of sexuality and why it's there. I had this sense arise that perhaps sexuality is what makes life possible. And I don't mean it just in the biological terms. I mean it in the very foundational terms. It's as if without sexuality, there would be no universe. It's as if the, the desire, the mutual desire for each other, for the feminine and the masculine, is what creates the world it's is what creates the, the universe it's like there's this yearning for each other and it's such a powerful yearning energy that it essentially creates the universe out of nothing because because these energies want each other so that's that that's what um at the, at the i guess at the highest uh archetypal level what that means and then there's a few things that of course um, that are related to sexuality that are very simple like I, I think foundationally for humans sexuality is about pleasure pleasure for ourselves and pleasure of each other so that's so I, I just wanted to sort of put this out is this some sort of range from the basic to the most profound. So mm -hmm. at, the, at, the, at the basic level, it's pleasure. At the most profound level, it's what makes life possible. Thank you. Um, so that's uh, that is one thing. And another thing that Yordas, you were you were you were talking about this idea of um, the feminine making the invitation and opening up opening up to the masculine. And 
what I want to share about that is that for a man, for me personally, for a man, when I, like, I'm free to make invitations anytime I want to. And I want to be very grounded in the response, whether it's a yes or no, and not go into the stories of, oh, I'm not welcome, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's still difficult in many situations when I make an invitation and I hear a no. But what I want to speak to is this idea of there's something, and I don't know what it is, but there is definitely something very, very powerful when a woman choice and says, yes, I'm open to further invitations. There's something powerful when when, it's, when the clarity is there that the woman is open. So there's, there's no need for this further dance of trying to no, I'm not quite articulating this. But like, Sky, there's nothing Sky? wrong with You're... the man, with the masculine making shade something. But there's, am I cutting off? Yeah, there's a the the sound is not hello, hello. very very good. But I'm as we're really really coming to an end. What I what I got from what you're saying is that there's there's something that valuable and there's a power in women staying you know in in a way that they're they're saying hey you can invite me i am available to be invited and in a way it's it's making the invitation as well and and that that stops the kind of pressure of hunting that's what i've heard yes yeah yes yes it kind of sort of dissolves the whole idea of pursuit yeah yeah. which may or may not be desired in a particular dynamic, but it yeah. sort of dissolves the, this, the foundational idea of women are to be hunted and men are the hunters who are always, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Well, I, I'm, you. I'm staying with me with this, this experiment of what am I identifying with and and you know, if there's, if you take on this experiment, this what I'm identify with is what I'm creating from, is with, from what I'm creating from. And if you have like cool anything that you want to um, share about your experiments, please please send them to me. I will publish some of them. And I, if there's uh, really cool results, I'm very very happy to share all this research freely as possibility management is an amazing game world, copy left, everything is free. Uh, all the knowledge actually is, is free for sharing. So I wanna thank you for this amazing time together with the, with the four of you. And I hope to see you in two weeks time. So thank you. 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 Bye. Bye.